know many of you know Sean really well. Some of you have gotten to know him this summer um, as he's been the uh, summer intern at our church. And Sean is a gifted guy. He's also become one of my best friends. So it's been really fun to have you uh, as an intern this summer. My brother is going to preach the word to us. I'm just going to say a prayer for him. Father in heaven, we just heard in your gospel that you set your seal upon your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that in Christ, your seal would be upon Sean. We thank you that it is, and we pray that you give us ears to hear your words through him. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Appreciate you letting me preach today, man. How's everybody doing? Good? Did you turn on your mic yet? Yeah, I didn't. I have a loud voice, though. So that'll help. <laughs> everybody can hear me now? Okay, cool. So you're probably wondering, well, maybe you're wondering, why there's this rope going through the whole church. I'll explain that in a little bit, what that's all about. They just figured it was some kind of weird liturgical thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, are y'all trying to section stuff off? <laughs> Somebody's coming in with a, what's, what's the thing called again? Sanctuary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody's going to wear a giant one. <laughs> um, let's pray real quick. Father, I ask that every, art, every heart would be open today in Jesus' name, open to what you want to say to us. God, that you would bring in healing, you would bring in an eternal satisfaction for us in you, in Jesus' name. God, that you would uh, use, use me to speak to your people, reveal to us hidden things, God, hidden treasures, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, so, before I came in today, I was praying, and I, I felt like the Lord wanted to, to speak to some things that he wants to do in us today. Um, I really believe he wants to heal people in here, in the congregation today, who have been, maybe you've been worried about whether you're approving to God, always striving, waiting for that day when you're going to arrive, and now you're like a Christian. Now I'm like a now I'm, I'm a real Christian. Now I'm a good Christian. Now I'm, I'm, I'm like Jesus, you know, wants me to be. Now Jesus really says, you're good enough, right? And you never really feel like you've reached that moment. I feel like God wants to heal that today. And also this, uh, this fear that some people might be having about where they stand with God. Maybe I'm in today. Maybe I'm out tomorrow. Where do I stand with God? So, have you ever, ever, anybody ever overlooked something that was obvious or should have been obvious? <laughs> like a stop it. sign? <laughs> <laughs> I have too. So I'm going to tell a story about Zach, which I hope he's in. Is Zach still in here? Did he walk out? Perfect. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Zach was in on this with me. We both overlooked something that should have been obvious. Uh, and it, it could have been dangerous that we overlooked this. So I was at Zach's house one morning for, what were we, we were having breakfast or something. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was a few days after his birthday. And uh, so we're in the kitchen and we decided, man, you know what would be really good right now after having breakfast? Some cake. We should go have some of that cake over there that's sitting on the counter. Was it your cake? Yeah. It was your cake. 
so the lights are kind of dim, you know, it's, it's early morning. And so we go and grab a plate, a couple plates and start slicing off some of this cake and eating it. And uh, it's great, except it tastes a little stale, but we just pushed through it anyways because we'd already started. <laughs> and it's sugar, so why not? So we keep eating. And then about an hour later, we decided we'd like turn the lights on and we're walking around. And I, I happened to look at the cake and notice one half of it where it had, you know, we'd already eaten about half the cake. And part of the cake that was still exposed where we hadn't cut a piece off, I noticed um, something was there that wasn't there originally. Maybe you can guess what it was. <laughs> something new was growing on the cake. <laughs> uh, so it would have been nice if we had noticed and not overlooked that important fact right in front of us. So there's other stuff in our lives that we tend to overlook, right? <laughs> Sometimes we can get easily distracted. We can get our priorities out of whack and overlook things that are right in front of us. Miss the things that are right in front of us. That are more important than the things we're giving our time to and our attention to. So Sherlock Holmes said this. The world is full of obvious things, like moldy cake. <laughs> Which nobody by any chance ever observes. So today I believe Jesus wants us to see something that many overlook. And it's really a key to that healing that I believe God wants to bring. He said this to him. He said, this is the work of God. Or this is the work that God is requiring of you. This is the work he wants. To do when they're asking what works do we need to do, he says, this is the work that you believe in the one whom he has sent. This is the work God wants. So how many of you guys want to see a sign from heaven? Me. Yeah? Yeah? Some people are like, I don't know. People, people talking about signs and stuff. That's maybe, maybe we're getting into some crazy stuff. I thought we were talking about Jesus. <laughs> Y'all, so it'd be cool to see a sign from heaven, right? Yeah, the heavens opened and the angels of God, like the guys that were in the, uh, in the fields when Jesus was born. I think that'd be cool. I want to see a choir of angels. So, today Jesus wants us to see and understand what it means that he himself is the sign from heaven. Jesus is the sign from heaven. So, what, what's significance? What, what is significant that he wants to show us on how to identify this sign from heaven and what it means for us. And I think there's a few things that I want to bring out, a couple truths, and then part of the truth I'm going to explain to you is going to have something to do with this rope that's on the floor. Jesus is the sign from heaven. Did any of y'all have your Bibles out? Can y'all pull your Bibles out real quick? 891. 891. I'd like y'all to just have it open to John chapter 6. Sorry. John chapter 6. So we're looking at uh, verses 24 through, or 25 through 40. I'd just like y'all to have it open because it helps as I'm talking about this that y'all can look down and be like, oh, what he said is actually there. <laughs> he didn't just make that up. 
The people had seen Jesus doing miracles for two days, roughly. Right before this, they were, they were in the wilderness, and it says all the people came because they saw the miracles he was doing, the signs he was doing. Then later it says they saw the sign of him breaking the bread, the loaves, and, and multiplying the fish and giving it out and feeding 5,000 people, or 5,000 men, not including women and children. Yet, when we get to verse 26, Jesus said, You're not looking for me because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Right? He goes on in a minute and he said, they say to him, they, they say, what do we need to do to do the works that God requires of us? We want to we uh, be approved by God. And he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. Well, what sign will you do? You've been doing all these signs. Jesus, do another sign so that we can see it and believe you. And the sign he's going to show them is that he is the sign. And he's been in front of them the whole time. And like he said, you're not looking for me because you saw the signs. They were looking for him for miracles, but they weren't looking for him for the real sign that he wanted them to see the entire time. So he's going to go on and reference. They're referencing the story we read a minute ago in Exodus, right? They're in the wilderness, and all the people are, are complaining against Moses that they're going to starve to death. He's like, you brought us in the desert to kill us. And then he cries out to the Lord, and God answers from heaven and gives them this bread from heaven to feed them. And so he said, they, say, they say in verse 31, Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. You know, what are you going to do? As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. So Jesus is like, well, first off, let me, let me correct you there. Moses didn't give you anything. It's my father that gave you the real bread from heaven. Then he goes on and says that I am the bread of life. I am the bread of heaven. I'm the manna that they never recognized. They, they called it manna because it was literally they didn't know what it was. They said, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? They didn't even recognize what it was. And yet again, here these people are seeing the real manna from heaven, the real bread from heaven, and they don't even recognize it. They're like, what is it, Jesus? Show us a sign. I am the sign. I'm right in front of you. How do you not see this? So he says to them again, verse 36, he said, But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. He's referencing back to the fact earlier he had been breaking this bread for them to show what he was going to do, and they still couldn't recognize it. They still couldn't recognize who he was. They missed the sign that he is the, he is the actual manna from heaven. He says, Truly I say to you, verse 20, 32, Truly, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now, why does he say it's true? Like, was the manna not true bread? I don't think so. I think what he's saying is the same thing the entire New Testament says, that everything that happened in the Old Testament was all to point to something that was coming later. It wasn't the real final product. It was something that was supposed to be a sign to point to what was coming. And Jesus says, I'm the true bread. I'm what the manna was always supposed to represent. I'm what the manna was always trying to tell you was going to come. There was going to come something from heaven that was going to feed you forever. No matter where you are, no matter how empty you are, no matter what kind of desert you're in. He says, I'm the true bread from heaven. I'm the bread of life. Verse 35. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So how have you been missing the signs right in front of you? 
Some people, when they come around Christianity, they're, they're looking for like a, a word from God or, or a miracle. or God, You know, if God will just like show me some miraculous sign, then I'll believe that the gospel is real. Then I'll like believe that this stuff is happening. You know, I, I'll be able to believe the words of Jesus when maybe I get an angelic visitation. Maybe that, that, that's what I need. And all the while, you're missing the sign right in front of you. Right there, the cross. You're missing the sign that's right there, the manna from heaven. So, maybe maybe it's a financial link. Like maybe maybe for you, you've you've been overlooking what Jesus is doing, and you're like, I need I need God to provide some financial need to prove. If He can like prove me this blessing, then I'll believe in what He's said. Right? Don't miss what God's already shown you. Don't miss the sign that's right in front of your face, just like these people. Jesus himself is the true sign. He says the second thing, he wants us to know what he's going to do with this sign. So now we're going to figure out what this rope's all about. Excuse me, John. Well, everybody that's close to the aisle, pick this rope up so everybody else can like see it. Okay? The whole time, Jesus says in verse 27, you guys are working for what is going to perish. He says, don't work for food that's going to perish, but food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And sometimes it's hard for us to grasp this idea. That's why I've got this rope. It's hard for us to grasp this idea of something that's never going to end. Even like these people. What do you mean food that's never going to end? What do you mean you're going to give us eternal life? How can something live forever? Nothing lasts forever. Relationships don't last forever. Lives don't last forever. Cake doesn't last forever. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I wish the cake lasted forever and multiplied. <laughs> so, I'll give you an example to explain this. Imagine that this rope, all of this rope, represents eternity, okay? And that this little tiny piece, can anybody see that little piece of tape on the end of it? It's really small compared to this whole rope, right? Imagine that this little piece of tape represents your earthly life. This life that's going to perish and end, just like the bread that Jesus was feeding them in the wilderness. It's going to end, Right? How are you worried more about what's going on in this piece of the timeline than what's going to happen through this entire rope? How have you set your priorities to where all of the stuff that's going to go on here takes all of your attention and it's all you think about and never give heed to what might happen in this rope? Hey kids, what do you think would be more important? Me. You. Yes, you are more important. What do you think is more important, the tape or the entire rope? The entire rope. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to invest your time and your money and your effort into something, maybe want to know a little bit about what's going to happen in the rope than just in this little tape. So worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, if I'm going to get that job or if I'm going to get that new dress that I'm wanting. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I had to wear a dress. <laughs> Blame the pastor. <laughs> but you're not thinking about this, right? Jesus wants to turn their focus around. He says, why are you working for what's going to perish instead of seeing what's going to be eternal, what I'm trying to give you, what's sitting right in front of you? Amen? Amen? Amen. How can we take our focus off that? So we're going to bring out a few words in here that Jesus gives to talk about what he's going to do. They said, okay, Jesus, we want to believe you. You said that all we have to do to be approved by God is just believe in you. Then show us a sign. And then they say this in verse 30. What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? And then they say, they get a little more specific about what they mean in their question to him. They say, what work do you perform? So he goes on and explains the work that he's going to perform. And he uses several words for the, for the work he's going to give. He says, if anyone comes to me, they will never thirst and they'll never hunger. He says that he'll give them eternal life. So let this piece of tape represent Jesus' life, right? His earthly life. He came and died for you, for everything that you have ever done to give you free forgiveness. And he ties you into eternity forever. Like this. He locks you totally in, and you ain't getting anywhere. You're not going anywhere. How many of you guys would like to be totally secure? Let me, let me explain that word. Let me explain that, what that word means, and y'all have more hands, I'm sure. Here's a quick definition of the word secure. Not subject to threat. Certain to remain and continue safe and unharmed. Feeling safe, stable, and free from fear or anxiety. Secure. How many of you guys would like that? I thought I'd get more hands. <laughs> if Jesus secures you into eternity, when is this rope going to end? If it's a per perfect circle, when does eternity end? Kids, when does something eternal end? When it gets broken? No, it can't break. It can't break. Something eternal never ends. It never does, right? It goes on forever. Amen. When Jesus brings you in, he gives you eternal life. Not life today, and then tomorrow he's like, okay, I'm going to take it back. Let me prove that one to you. Turn and look at verse 37. What work are you going to do, Jesus? He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, here's a work he's not going to do. He just told them about the work he's going to do. He's the bread that's going to give them life. Then he says the work he's also not going to do. I will never cast them out. Once he locks you in, these aren't my words, people. These are the words of Jesus. I will never cast you out. You know that word cast out means in the Greek? The same thing it does in the English. I'll never get rid of you. <laughs> he will never get rid of you. Eternal. Remember, it never ends. He says if he finds you, verse 39, he's never going to lose you. Drop the rope. Everybody drop the rope. All right, I can't see half of it right now. I could consider part of that rope lost. But Jesus says he will never lose you. Once he gets you, he does an eternal work, bringing eternal life 
eternal security in him. He never gets rid of you. And he'll never lose you. There's never a moment where he's like, I don't know where John Perry went. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he was right there on the front row and then something happened to him. He just... <laughs> How have you been worried that somehow Jesus is going to say, you're good today, John. But tomorrow, I don't know. I don't know if you've done enough today. Right? You know, maybe when you start praying a little bit more, prayer is good. Prayer is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But if you pray a little bit more, then, then you'll, you'll be good, right? Then I'll approve of you. Jesus said, no, this is the work that you believe on the one he has sent. Because the Father has set a seal of approval on him. They were all looking, where's the seal of approval? We want a seal of approval from the Father. What do we got to do to get this seal of approval? He's like, I have the seal of approval. And I'm the only one who has it. And the only way you're going to get it is if you believe in me. Amen? Amen. Let him heal you of this. Let him heal you of worrying about not being good enough. He wants to validate you. Not because of what you've done, but what Jesus has done. And his validation never ends. Amen? Because it's not based in you. It's based in somebody who's eternal. So the third thing is this, or the final thing. It's a gift. The whole time, the words that the people keep using with Jesus, they keep mentioning work, do, do. What work do we need to do? Jesus tells them, stop working. Don't work for this food. And the words he uses instead with them is he continuously says, give. I'm going to give. It'll be given. I will give. My father will give. How much do you pay for a gift? Zero. Zero. If your parents make you pay for presents on Christmas, kids, then you should be upset with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> he wants them to get their focus off of what they're doing to try and somehow win the accolades of God, somehow get this attaboy from God, and realize that God wants to validate them through Jesus as a gift. They don't have to earn this thing. I'll prove it to you. Verse 30. Or, uh, sorry, verse 29. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Verse 28. What must we do? All you gotta do is believe. It's that simple. It seems hard to believe. Like, how could it be that? It's gotta be harder than that. I've gotta somehow be good enough. You have fun with that. The older I get, the more patient I am with people because I realize I make more mistakes. Even though I've tried to be perfect, I've realized more and more how many times I've failed, but you know, maybe it is actually impossible. <laughs> when you're like 15, you think that you, you actually can be. You're like, I'm smarter than mom, I'm smarter than dad. They screwed up their life, but I'm gonna be perfect. That's what I thought at least. <laughs> Clearly wasn't the case. I stole mom's car. That was not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but he says it's a gift. He says in verse 32, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread. Doesn't say he pays you with bread. He doesn't say your payment is this bread. For how great you were. 
He says he gives you. It's a total gift. And gifts are always free. If a gift is free today, it's free tomorrow, and it's free 100 years from now. It'll always be free. Amen? Amen. So, if you're in here today, and you have not taken this free gift, we're looking at eternity right now. Like Maybe, maybe you're in here and you're like, I've never really considered the importance of figuring out where I'm going to spend eternity. What's my eternal life going to be like? And you've only been focused on this tape, right? If that's you today, if I was you, there's absolutely nothing that could get me to leave this place without getting what Jesus says. He says this bread's going to give you eternal life. You will never hunger and never thirst. What's he talking about? Your spiritual hunger, your spiritual thirst, that, that need to somehow, one day I'll be fulfilled. One day I'll pull it off. He says... I'm the one that's going to give you that. I'm going to give you a bread that will never run dry. It will never mold. It will never not be enough. If you hadn't had that yet, if I was you, there was absolutely no way I could have that sitting right in front of me and walk away and not take hold of it immediately. If I had cancer and you, John Perry, had the cure right in front of me. And you proved to me, like, here it is, right here, man. All you got to do is just take this, you know, take two of these pills with a, you know, a little bit of food, call me in the morning. You're going to be totally healed. You'll, ne you'll never have cancer ever again, right? In fact, you'll have perfect health. I'd be like, man, I, I want this right now. You know, if somebody came out and they're like, hey, well, let's go grab lunch. Why don't you meet up with John Perry tomorrow and, and get those pills? I'd be like, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. I want this stuff right now. Why would I wait for something like that? If I offered you like the winning num numbers of the lottery, would you be like, you know, I just need to think about whether I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> I don't know. That just sounds like a little bit much for me to take. <laughs> oh, okay. So 23. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift with no strings attached other than you're going to be changed and have a brand new life. That sounds really horrible. <laughs> Amen? So for anybody in here that has not accepted that gift, if you have not taken hold of that bread, which is the body of Jesus, come forward and receive Jesus. This is your time. This is your time to give your life to Jesus and have an eternal life. So... Every, every head bowed, every eye closed. Some people feel a little, a little scared to pray or come forward for prayer. So if you've been struggling with this fear that maybe, maybe your father didn't give you validation, maybe your own father never like validated how good you were, right? Never said that you, you were enough. Hear Jesus' validation over you that all you need to do is believe. This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he's sent. If you've had your focus wrong, you've been looking at all these other things rather than what holds eternal weight, what holds eternal uh, treasure. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where rust, uh, moth and rust destroy, but treasures in heaven. And you've been like more worried about making that career move or getting that degree, or 
what your professor is going to think. Maybe they won't give you a perfect A if you go and talk to them about Jesus. What's more important? Ask God to reset your priorities. Eternal things should have a great priority in your life. And the third thing, if you haven't taken this bread, the Bible says this, if anyone will believe that Jesus died for their sins and he rose from the dead and declare with their mouth that he's Lord, then they will be saved. This is part of the way you take that bread. You believe and you accept Jesus and what he's done. You accept what this bread of heaven has done for you. He said in John 6.51, he says, I am the bread from heaven that comes down and gives my life for the world. That this is the bread, my flesh, that I will give. The bread of heaven is my flesh that I will give for the life of the world. Father, I thank you for everyone in here, God, that you would meet them right now in Jesus' name. You would heal hearts. God, that you would speak your validation over your people. That through Jesus, you say to us that this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, and whom I'm well pleased. And you never change your mind. You make eternal decisions. You bring in an eternal sonship, eternal uh, daughtership. God, heal us and reset our priorities. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.